0: Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
3: You're listening to Comedy Central. That boy Elon Musk is off whew. the chain. What in the fuck? <laughs> he fired more people than Jacqueline in one day.
2: <laughs>
3: now firing. That Oregon shit wasn't nothing. Nope. Eight people. You got off light. Elon Musk recently bought Twitter, fired the whole C-suite, and then began firing hundreds of employees, including key members of a team that work on moderating disinformation on the high profile hmm. social media platform. This one is next level. I wasn't ready, Wait, man. Wait, is
1: it next level or is it what you do when you Before. spend so much money on a company that's now yours? I'm not defending him because those people need to eat. But when something belongs to you, you do with it what you wish.
4: I think the ripples are are, are heavier. Uh, for this one I I don't see it like a normal corporate move I, f- I felt like it was super ego move this
1: is for everybody mm. have multiple streams of income my daddy put it best don't let one person stop your show
4: so Jacqueline's basically telling all of our listeners get your OnlyFans page popping that's mm-hmm. what she's
3: saying <laughs> what would you do on OnlyFans third it ain't all gotta be freaky shit you know people just like chefs and there's teachers on there mm-hmm. too I mean at this point if there were uh,
4: a group of black men who complain heavily about children. Uh, that would be my OnlyFans. That's that's what I would do. I would uh, I would have people pay me to complain about their kids, not my own. Just my, other people's children.
3: Oh, my OnlyFans would just be videos of me asking a woman how her day was. So you can just put that in front of your girl when she get home, and you can go play PlayStation.
1: Oh my gosh! Millions. <laughs> I'd
3: make. My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Wednesday. It is the most beautiful day of the week. I don't know what day of the week you were born on, but if it wasn't Wednesday, your parents wouldn't have sex the right way. (laughs) You
1: know I was born on a Tuesday. Stop saying that.
3: That is unfortunate, mm. and my condolences. Mm-hmm. You
1: weren't born on a Wednesday either.
3: Yeah, but I've tried to overcome. Well, much like this election this week, I don't agree with those results. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know I was born on a Monday? That's just a go- a birth certificate. It's just a government document that can be forged. Actually, I might not even be forty three. I'm not forty three. I do not accept the results <laughs> of that of that data. Mm.
4: Okay. See? That's the new world, man. You can you can you can claim new things now, JG. I'm I'm a 42 year old white man. I put on new balances at least twice a week and walk
3: absolutely. around. So you what? know absolutely. it all works out. Be what you want to be. Absolutely, it's a new world. And as a proud and as a proud white man, right now, I'm tired of the persecution of my people. Talk about it.
1: So we can be what we want you know? to be.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You can change. Back. I want to be unbothered at the hair salon. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. See now you bring like look. You gonna bring up some off air <laughs> shit? I'm, I'm gonna get into it. Don't you? Now, I left it alone. Don't you? I, hey, <laughs> don't look. We talking about food today. This is me moving on. See, this is me turning food? the page. Now if you say that shit again, we gonna we gonna talk about it. This is me being Homer moving it back into the bush. This is what. <laughs> Chef Rock Harper You know him uh, From Hale's Kitchen He was a winner Of season three He is now a famed International Chef And we're gonna talk to him About the world Of running a restaurant How it is running A restaurant post-COVID And the scams That you motherfuckers Fucking reality show producers mm, mm, run on people mm, mm. to try and make them fucking crack oh, on no. camera. Y'all gotta feed the people, man. Feed the damn reality people. TV. The word "reality" should be in quotations. Uh, two things I want to talk about real quick. Um right. we remissed this uh, last year. We remissed this. No, let me get this right. Is that what you just said? Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I, did I say we that, right? that this, right? Remiss this. Remiss this.
4: I know one of us working in a a, a, a college setting. I'm pretty sure that. Let's try that again. We forgot to do it. forgot to do it. No, leave that shit in. Remiss this. No, don't edit that. I said what I said. Uh oh
3: We remissed (laughs) last year. (laughs) I went to college, graduated 2.8 GPA. (laughs) Um, Number one, last year, Native American Heritage Month. Facts. This month. And um, I know one of our Job Fair listeners hit us up on the email, RoyceJobFairGmail.com, if you want to point out our racial blind spots. We're happy to own up to them. Um, mm. We drop a special episode from Beyond the Scenes where we talked about uh, the indigenous community and the mm. disrespect they get from all the sports mascots mm. and the Braves and the Chiefs and, you know, all of that shit. Uh, we'll do that a little later this month. JG, you had to email. I don't have this person's name, but... It's Jody. It's a native... And, yo, okay,
1: it's Jody, Jody. an Jody. assistant professor at a major university. Sent an email. It's...
3: Is Jody the first nation person we had on earlier this year that was doing the forest firework? No. No, this is different. No. Okay. All yeah, right. and he's. what well, that's
1: cool. He said, P.S., as a Native American, I would love to hear the job fair recognize November as National Native American Heritage Month. So, hi, Jody.
3: All right, boom. I think we just did it. I think, yes. I think we just. Boom. Um, we do need to talk about that that reservation life mm. at some point. Well, you know, to, be, to be real, like. we actually we talked to the war yeah, We talked to somebody,
4: and he great. actually gave out jobs on the res. Remember, he came out and we're talking about jobs that had people as a community center.
3: Um, so, you know, shout out. We 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 you know, Rhonda, go back and look at the grid. We'll find that out, and uh, we'll get that person a shout mm. out yeah. as, as um as needed. So, November. Number one, Native American Heritage Month. Number two, the goddamn McRib is back. And you know, go. don't nobody work harder than that motherfucking fake meat sandwich. I don't know what it is,
4: but it's delicious. <laughs> it's an emperor penguin foot It's endangered. That's no, why it only comes not. around. Don't say that. I mean, why happy not? That's what it looked like. Feet.
1: Happy Feet was the sweetest movie about penguins. That's why they was happy, because no they thought their feet.
4: About happy
3: feet wasn't turned into McRib.
4: That's it. They were happy that they that what? McDonald's retired Mc, Ronald McDonald and the hamburger and they weren't showing up in Antarctica <laughs> scooping them boys up. That's what they were happy about. That's what that whole movie was. That was a subtext. That's why they was dancing.
3: Yo, did you know did you know the McLobster was canceled in Mc the eighties Mc because McDonald's that McLobster was a real yeah. sandwich. It was test marketed in the Northeast. It did amazing in sales. It did ama- it was like a cheap ass lobster <laughs> roll. But they did the calculations and they went if we go nationwide, not global, if we just go nationwide with the McLobster, the entire lobster population will be extinct. Really?
4: Damn. That sounds right, though. I really want to know what are the other failed sandwiches, right? You know what I mean? Like, what other sandwiches did they try to do that just ultimately failed? Like the
3: McHaggis? I remember distinctly, and these are all real failed McDonald's menu mm-hmm. sandwiches, and this is from some Daily Show research for a sketch we never did. McSpaghetti, spaghetti, make lobster, the Arch Deluxe, and Arch McPizza. pizza.
1: Deluxe. What's on a deluxe?
3: Arch Deluxe. I remember. I don't At know. At yeah.
1: there is a restaurant. I can't remember the name of it, but it has a has a twenty two dollar lobster sandwich that is fabulous. I mean, truly fabulous. I get to the airport
3: is that early. Is Delta Terminal? It is
1: a Delta Terminal.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Okay. Tiffany Cross Ooh. of MSNBC. Ooh. And uh, full disclosure, this is a friend. Yeah. And I do. And I, and I don't say that casually. I was just on her program a couple months ago talking about the neutral ground Emmy nominated documentary with the homie CJ Hunt available now wherever you stream and pay for shit legally (laughs) I just I don't like the way this was done Mm. MSNBC abruptly canceled Tiffany Cross's show the cross connection we used to come on from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m on Saturday mornings and the cancellation was announced Friday morning and it was effective immediately. Oh. This is not how television shows are normally canceled. No. Which means that something must have happened. Now they're saying, oh, we decided not to renew a contract but you don't just Absolutely. yank somebody off the yeah. air and oh. not give them the the, the the hey, good night, see y'all later, thank y'all, it was a pleasure to be a part of the MSNBC. You pissed somebody off. In a statement, Tiffany Cross said, quote, I am disheartened to learn of MSNBC Decision to cancel my show four days before the midterm mm. elections. We were intentional about centering marginalized voices of the rising majority from all communities of color. Hmm. Fresh off the heels of a racial reckoning, as so many have called it, we see that with progress, there's always backlash. You know, that's just a little, that's a a jab in there
4: with the the verbiage. I like it.
3: I like it. With the career in media spending two decades from CNN to BET to MSNBC, I have not only navigated newsrooms, but built them as well. With a rapidly changing media landscape, I look forward to maintaining a platform that continues to reflect the changing demographics of this country. Go ahead on, Queen. It's becoming inherently more dangerous, to speak the truth, but I will not stop. The attacks on me from other outlets and former host Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Megyn Kelly, will never control my narrative. Thank you to my community and fans for your overwhelming adv- advocacy. I, can I not talk today? I'm remiss to not learn the word <laughs> advocacy.
4: We'll be remiss in the tape and figure it out. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thank you for the more than 4.6 million monthly viewers. Nice. I am forever in all of you and I am so grateful. See you soon. Classy. I really
4: hope that she does not get blackballed, man. I hope she does not get blackballed. That is that is something that happens a lot in media that people don't talk about because it's like the you know the unspoken ugly word.
3: When you're an outspoken black woman, you do not get shut out of media. We all know that when Melissa Harris Perry left MSNBC, Ooh, it was easy for her to. Mm. Okay. 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 okay, okay.
4: I, what about Farrah Chidei? What about Farrah Chidei? She. She. When Farrah Chidei, she.
3: she... Mm. Okay, oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh, dude, Angela Rock. Mm. When Angela. Leroy was spitting that fire well, and that real shit. Right? And she left CNN. Yeah. And she was at BET yeah. and she left BET. It was real easy. But another outlet was. T- oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Zelina Maxwell. Oh, that's a good Zelina call. Zelina call. She had to join on Peacock. Definitely had the Peacock show. A- oh, damn. Wait, they just they canceled, canceled her a couple months ago. Oh, shit. <sighs> All right. There might be something to
4: this year, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> I'll concede that, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm
1: conceding. But I think,
3: I think there's a lesson. Hashtag sarcasm taught a black absolutely.
1: woman. Right absolutely, absolutely. Because I would. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I think there's yeah. a lesson for all of us, and we talked about it just a few minutes ago. You can't have all your money. Not saying that she does. I'm not talking about her at all. I'm just saying, holistically, as normal everyday people that we are, don't let all your money come from one pot. You just can't.
3: Yeah, I I think that. You know, Tiffany's not you know a wild spender. She's gonna land somewhere yeah. amazing, and she'll be fine. She's so. talented. I really hope so. You know, but this type of stuff, man, with journal- when you're talking about television, you're talking about journalism. Yeah. You got to keep one eye over your shoulder. I hate to say it. That's why, like, when folks keep why talking you hate about this, to say
1: it though. That's true.
3: Because you wish that you wish the game wasn't like that. Okay. I mean, you wish
4: the game wasn't right. like that, but I mean, it is what it is. I kind of agree with JG on this. I don't think it's necessarily something you got to apologize for. And then before and you know, also. Also, not forget, there's a certain level of stress that comes with being in a newsroom, especially one like she was in. She's taking shots from other dudes at other networks. And like, if you're going to try to be classy about it. Yeah. okay, you can ignore it. But, you know, I don't necessarily think it was non-classy of her to be like, yo, y'all keep bringing that smoke. I'm going to bring this fire. How about
3: that? She is not just taking shots from the likes of Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly and people at other networks. She is taking shots from their sycophants well. Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany Cross, it's not, it's it's one thing if you're just beefing with a person and, hey, fuck you, fuck yeah. you, and you just say, like the old school John Stewart Tucker Carlson Crossfire, uh, like the old school John Stewart Jim Kramer yeah. bullshit yeah. that used to happen between The Daily Show and, what, what was it, Fast Money, whatever Kramer show is, oh. right? That's professional beef. Tiffany's opening up her social media every damn day and dealing with all of these idiots Sick. that are just verbally abusing yeah. and attacking like, yeah. and and then you're supposed to just sit on air every Saturday be cool. and just be all composed.
4: You got to protect black women, man, especially when they're in a situation where they're on TV and Cass is talking hella crazy to them. And there's nothing about being chauvinistic or anything else. But these networks and a lot of this stuff with this social media, a lot of these sisters, whether they've been on the news, whether they've been on Star Wars, whether they've been on Lord of the Rings. We talk about places that don't even really have black people, but like they're still getting attacked in real time. And I feel like, you know, there's no real balance. You expect these people to just you expect these women to act like nothing's wrong. And get on the air and, and just be cool about it, man. Like, I, I, I really respect a lot of patience she showed before she popped off on some of them Cat.
3: Yeah, they was already waiting that, you know, Tiffany was being Tiffany, and mm-hmm. then they decided that's the thing. When I'm sure if we dig in the crates on the last two years of the cross connection, she's probably spit way hot fire, way something way more hotter than that. Is there any
4: grace at all for, for doing
3: that kind of stuff? You know, part of why I encourage a little bit of cursing and raunch. somebody on Twitter referred to us as an amazing employment podcast but a little raunchy at times really? and I couldn't have been more prouder of the tweet <laughs> because it was like yes that's exactly what we're not raunchy all the yeah. time. We're raunchy at times. So so it established new boundaries of expectations from daily show viewers of mm-hmm. me.
1: I like, like that play. we're on the edge of chaos, Roy. If we weren't mm. on the edge of chaos, I probably would be
3: bored. But nonetheless she died on her shield, mm-hmm. saying exactly what's on her mind and not kowtowing and not tweaking and changing none of that shit for that my good friend Tiffany Cross you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week and if you need a little money in the meantime Tiffany come on over to Sackleton State can <laughs> be the dean cause you know
4: as they say at State you know find a way or make one good. We, we will find a way or we will make one just like oh, Clark Atlanta oh my god
3: I know the men in her DMs right now talking about baby come on on mm. baby girl no. you know you don't
4: need to work for real <laughs> you know what I'm saying you just let me take care of you girl mm. uh, <laughs> mm.
3: oh real quick before we meet chef rock yes. thank you down south georgia girl the episode 30 september 29th The art of the resignation. That's when we spoke with Thomas of the all nations health care who broke down the indigenous community and how COVID has affected the reservations and how the federal government has abandoned them. So that's a little bit of a tip of the hat to our Native American community. But uh, next year. You got you got you got our word. We'll do it. I'll even. Well, I won't do me theme song. No. Well,
4: well, well. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. We have to do a
3: theme song.
4: I, I, might, I might. I might. have an idea yeah. for that though, man. It, you know, we you might know. have to. We might have to just feature Indigenous rappers, man. Those dudes are yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Like all the way across yeah. the board, Indigenous Shit rappers ain't coming out my was mouth. Hilarious.
3: that, me. Yeah. Fucked up like the tomahawk <gasps> chop. No, nope, won't be me. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Worse than first time. And if there's one thing I know one person on this podcast loves is Jacqueline, and I know she loves food. Food,
1: glorious
3: food. She loves a catfish fried hard. Yes, with
1: mustard.
3: We asked you a couple months ago if you would pay $1,000 to meet any celebrity, and you said no, but you said you would pay $1,000 for the right food experience.
1: Absolutely. That is true. Absolutely.
3: If you say so, I'm not sure if there's anything worth a thousand dollars. Why
1: are you doubting me? This is my opinion. You
3: right. listen. I'm not here to attack your dreams. I'm not here to attack your dreams. Um, let's 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 get this guest on because I always feel inspired to welcome my fellow reality show brethren. Uh, JG, who do we have on the line?
1: We welcome Chef Rock Harper, a native of San Diego, and he credits his love for cooking to his summer spent with his grandmother in Virginia. In 2007, he won season three of the reality cooking show Hell's Kitchen. Okay,
2: okay.
1: His career has been on the rise since his day. Is at B. Smith's, okay. In 2020, he opened the restaurant Queen Mother's Fried Chicken in Arlington, Virginia. Nice. The eatery pays homage to the recipes of his mother and grandmother and has garnered praise from publications like Eater, D.C., The Washington Post, and The Washingtonian Magazine. Nice. And he'll be talking to us today about his impressive culinary career and maybe he can give me some tips on a couple of recipes
3: (laughs) Chef Rock Welcome to the podcast.
5: Thank you for coming on the job fair. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I Jacqueline that is I'm a bottle. I'm a bottle at uh introduction on up. I appreciate you sister. That was good. Thank
3: you. Oh, oh, so nice and mm-hmm. eloquent. Hi, yes. Shout out the you got to be doing yes. all that digging and finding out this stuff. We also Chef Rock, we got to talk about this podcast the uh, Chef Rock Experiment podcast. We talk about the restaurant mm-hmm. industry and the ins and outs of it and you know, front of the house, back of the house issues all of that type of stuff we'll dig into that as well because I know the restaurant industry has been dealing with some issues during the COVID time and a lot of the employees show up high on cocaine and you can't fire them because that cocaine motherfucker is still better than anybody you can find off the street I'm sorry I'm getting into into the weeds right now Uh, first and foremost (laughs) how much does a reality show like Hell's Kitchen get right about cooking and the fast paced craziness Mm -hmm. that goes on in the back of house versus what's kind of souped up for tv and i'm not asking you to shit on it we all know reality tv you make a couple of cheats but how much does it honor the actual experience of what you learned when you was in chef college I, i don't know what it's called is that what it's called Chef College. That's literally the official term, Roy. That's <laughs> the
5: school.
3: school. Chef College.
1: Don't well, that. I, I,
5: I'll <laughs> say this. Um, so, the thing about, you know, Last camp Comic Standing is that you can, the, the viewer can consume, can taste, if you will. It's corny, but I can get the joke, right? But I can't mm. taste the food. I can only conceptually think, oh, the this, this scallops. Mm. Look nice. done, right? If if that joke landed poorly, there ain't shit you can edit to make that j- joke sound better, right? But they can make uh, dinner service or I can make a certain dish or the producers can sort of chop it up to make me look like a, sh- a better chef um, uh, than it appears to be. But here's, mm-hmm. here's where Hell's Kitchen gets right that I, I, I personally know. The restaurant business is crazy as hell. It, As you know, like, like you said, the cocaine cook mm-hmm. sometimes is the best cook. Um, and so you just have to be ready mm-hmm. for chaos and just the unexpected every single day. And what else Kitchen does right, whether it was uh, intentionally or not, it's just going to be chaos every single shift. And most of it is, is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, they, they plan on it. But so in order to win, you have to be ready. You got to be flexible. You got to have a sense of resistance. And you got you know, you got to have a therapist as soon as you leave out of there. Um, so. It gets that part right. <laughs> <That's your
4: point. laughs> you never really know if the pressure that they're putting on you sometimes is just for the camera or is the pressure really that real? Like, how rough is that? Like, to be in that environment? Because you both were in it in the old school, like, for lack of a better word. I
3: was last comic stand in 08 and 2010, but last comic stand is just a joke. So, it, and I had done enough television up until that point where it's just, I'm doing comedy on TV and whoever likes me, likes me. So, I'll, I'll pass the ball to yeah. you, Chef, because... I will not compare stand-up to trying to create something against a clock in a room with twenty other people and a British man yelling shit <laughs> at
4: yeah, Calling everybody the C word.
5: Fun fact, I used to wanna to be that was my first love with stand-up comedy and I've I I didn't, I didn't go down that route for, for a number of reasons. But yeah, to man. stand on stage and do what you do, Roy, like that's some scary shit. Like I'd rather, sometimes I'm, it says something about me. I'd rather a British dude yelling at me and cooking scallops than, uh, than standing on stage and trying to make a hundred people laugh. See, off,
3: you, off see I consider cooking a form of performance because you are using your creativity to create something that alters the mood of the person mm-hmm. who consumes it. But with you on the first bite, if they don't like it, I right. said, for you, motherfucker, right. get done. I can adjust. I can change my jokes. I can go through my kettle. Like, you can't cook some shit and they go, ugh, I'll be right back. I cook some other Hold shit. give y'all yeah, like I, <laughs> you know, I got in the back
4: right quick. You know, like, yeah. That's
5: what people get wrong, is that really the crazy thing is it took me a long time to learn this as a culinary artist. It's really not as much about the food than it is about creating the environment where I see the gap. And I see that, the st- st- like you can, some of our best experiences happen Experience. in some of the, some sometimes in some of the shittiest places, right? And sometimes it could be the, the, you know, the Michelin star rated places. Mm. But it's about how they made people feel. And nobody expects you to be perfect all night. But it's mm-hmm. how you respond to when you mess it up. So um, we we can adjust. But if if it's horrible, you know, yeah, they they might get up out of there. <laughs> but uh, just to answer your question real quick, there, oh, I think. That for, for me, it was um, I was used to pressure and I, I, I went there to win. I wanted to change my life and I always wanted to be in entertainment. Like I said, yes. I wanted to be a comedian early on. So it wasn't people were crying and breaking down. It's hard as hell. Like, it's really hard. You know, you isolate it from from mm. life? There's no phone. There's no books. The only book that made it through was the Bible. And uh, I didn't buy one, like nothing. So they really, ice. it's like a science experiment. You got people watching in the bathroom. You're away from your loved ones. Um, so that does something to even the best of chefs.
3: Uh, but I just... I- and that's the early days Girl. of reality TV where they would withhold wow. meals to drive, to create hunger, to to make the contestants irritable. Yeah. I'm not saying they did that on Hill's Kitchen, Trump. but there were definitely yeah. ways that they could sure. manufacture, move, like change the temperature in the room, tricky shit like that.
1: That's terrible.
3: Yeah, psychological yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, keep going, chef, I'm sorry.
5: There were elements of it. I think I noticed some of it while I was there, but later on you sort of realize like, oh, they did that on purpose, right? Um, you know, we didn't have alarm clocks, so there's hmm. so you so if you don't have alarm clocks, you got to get up and 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 they gave us beer and wine and alcohol and in the kitchen. You could get whatever you wanted as far as like you could order a lot. There was a grocery list. You could order lobster, filet mignon. You could and as long as you cooked it, you could have whatever you want. You gotta, you, we realized like two days in, I realized I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and raisin bran because you ain't got time to, you know, you don't have time to cook an actual meal. I'm trying to change my fucking life. I ain't trying to, you know, be in the cook.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, uh, but they would, yeah, they would change, you know, they, they would do certain things not necessarily to sabotage but to see how you react the way I took it they want to see how you how a true leader reacts when everything is supposed to go right and shit goes left excuse my excuse my life but um, please curse away so it was uh, it was it was it was okay for me I just you just gotta know it's not gonna be I thought it was gonna be Hollywood the way they sort of sent the invitation it was like you know bring beach clothes you're gonna have uh, you know it was 12 episodes I knew it was gonna be six weeks I'm like oh two dinner services a week? This is going to be sweet. And, you know, the beach clothes were so they could throw you in the dumpster and you didn't mess up your chef pants. And uh, I mean, that's just, that's just, it was not Hollywood in a sense that what I thought, what I knew about LA or, you know, TV business. It was really hard and that Mm -hmm. worked for me because all you had to focus on was the kitchen and the experience of being a great cook under Gordon Ramsay. That's the kind of environment I thrive upon. Like, I go at it. I'm a great student and I'm a great learner. So, you give me the ball uh, and show me which way to go, I'm going to go. So, uh, it worked out in my favor that season.
3: After the break, I want to get into the scam, Chef Rock, of how hard it is to start a restaurant and keep a restaurant going. But first, after the break, the homie Narado, AKA Rob for short, going to come on here. Um, drive this show off the rails as we celebrate Native Americans and the Magrib. It is the Wait. job <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yes. No. That's not
1: culinary.
3: That's racist.
1: That's racist. How is that racist? <laughs> oh, no,
3: hey, Let's go. go a break. minute. Go to break. Jacqueline's becoming racist. <laughs> <laughs> Anti Native American. hmm <laughs> hmm <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.
3: Job fair, and we are bike. Chef Rock Harper standing by for Scam of the Week. We're going to talk to Brother Harper a little bit about what it's like to run his restaurant down there in the DMV. And some of the scams involved in just trying to make a restaurant succeed. But it's time we slow it down. Bring a brother on this program now. He is the inventor of the emotional support Kahlua. Mm. And um, thank you. as we get into the holiday season. I'm going to eat both you He is there to comfort you ladies if you need a plus one to your family function so your family can feel like you're making progress in your love life because you're feeling a little embarrassed he will attend your holiday functions he's a friend $2,000 on the Venmo (laughs)
2: Um,
3: his mama named him Mirado we call him Rod for short Rod welcome aboard we are talking restaurants yeah Today, Rod, we've been talking with the homie Chef Rock Harper, breaking down winning on Hill's Kitchen, and we'll yes. talk to him in a second about running his restaurant on the backside of that. I, I can't forgetting Rod. Did you ever work at a restaurant? I don't feel like you ever. Yeah, I did, man. I used to,
6: I used to work at a Ruby tea. Really? I that. Worked at a great one too. Worked at the one uh, in the in the
3: mall. Mm-hmm. And the one in the
6: Galleria. It was a good time. <laughs> Yo,
3: restaurant job in the mall. Around the corner from the Foot Locker? <laughs> no, that's the Black... That, no, that's the... the no, not... not the, the no, 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 that was Worcester Hills.
6: Worcester Hills malls. Now, they... They didn't have. I don't even think they had a food. They had right an Applebee's. They, <laughs> they, like, they didn't no. have a. No.
3: Rod, we turn it over to you, brother, and get these people some topics they can bring up at the job,
6: bro. Well, since we're we're talking chefs, food, and restaurants right now, and in, in the black community, a, a scandal has erupted. A woman recently posted on TikTok about a Texas Roadhouse serving her macaroni and cheese that was not fresh and baked from a steakhouse. It is absolutely craft mac and cheese that they're serving in the Texas Roadhouse. And a lot of people came out of the woodwork saying I've been trying to tell people this. I had my suspicions. And weirdly enough, there's been some people defending them. Does it matter if it's store-bought? I think the problem is that it's not good, but it's not up to par with what you expect the mac and cheese to be at a steakhouse. You expect that to be fresh, baked, high quality, and instead, you know, they're charging you eight, nine dollars for some shit they shook out of a box that was 50 cents.
3: <laughs>
6: and that's fucked up.
1: If you don't put five cheeses in your macaroni and cheese, I don't
3: want it. Amen to that, sister. I don't like the fact that mac and cheese has become an entree in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Mac and cheese is a side item. It should always yeah, be. Yeah, they a keep side adding item. meat to it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bacon lobster mac and cheese. It's $16. You want a side? Bitch, that is a side. <laughs> and then, but then they bring you
4: out the whole platter that they were going to serve the restaurant and be like, no, <laughs> no this is just, just for you. No. Like, Come on, man! Y'all know, but they don't even put no garnish on it either. That's the worst part. They just bring it out to you in a casserole dish. Still in the Pyrex. <laughs> Still in the Pyrex. Talk about some seventeen dollars for some mac and cheese, yo, nah. I,
1: I want gouda in it. I want provolone. I want feta. I want mozzarella. I want shredded cheddar. All of those things, and I'll pay you eighteen dollars for some mac and cheese if you're doing that.
6: Yeah, I love a good mac and cheese. I, I can eat a bowl of mac and cheese by itself. Yeah, would well you make it?
1: Comfort food.
6: At home. But if I go to a restaurant, I don't want no damn Kraft Mac and Cheese. Apparently, this
3: is like more common than you know. Thank you, Booker Hayat. A Southern California brunch spot was caught using Popeye's chicken in his dishes. (laughs) That's just (laughs) trifling. Sweet and Dixie's chicken and biscuits was charging twelve ninety five when that actual meal only cost five ninety nine at Popeye. Wow. Okay. Double up. Dirty game, dirty world. <laughs> Dang. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Sometimes you gotta be slick with the shit. Let's flip it up for the people real quick, right?
6: Man, on the other side of the aisle, some of the most exciting news to hit Whiteville, USA in a long time. Uh, San Francisco has opened a French Michelin star restaurant for dogs.
0: Oh, that's sweet. What does
6: that mean? And when I say four dogs, I mean they don't serve human food. This isn't a you can bring your dog to our restaurant. We've got a couple no. treats for the dog. This is a full-blown no. fine dining establishment for your canine oh. friend, including a $75 tasting menu that rotates it. every Sunday. What? Stop,
3: it. stop oh, Rotating. Stop no. We have to stop doing this. No. (laughs)
1: No, that's sweet.
3: If somebody wants to pay for this fine, but you are exploiting the pockets of people that... (sighs)
6: Exploit those dumb fuckers. I support fleecing Thank for you, Rod. I'm trying words. to be taxable. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be
3: taxable. Disposable impactful. income. But if These you're willing to take your. If, if no, you take your.
6: your book out For a $112 meal, goddammit. Give them two of them. Get all the money <laughs> for them dummies.
1: <laughs> These are people with disposable income.
4: These are the same people who have IG accounts
3: for their dogs. This is what I'm saying. What's like, just. with that? Even that's
1: okayish,
3: yeah. but there are a lot of people who their animal is a substitute for interacting Humans. with the world and yes and so then you're going to exploit them at 150 a plate with yes. some goddamn people well, yes. that shit probably Popeye's too it's probably <laughs> some red beans <laughs> and rice <laughs> so
1: do we want to exploit them and allow them to be with their four-legged friends or do we want them to do something that's dangerous like running down the strip stabbing people or something else Because if you just want to be with a dog, go ahead. I'm not mad at you. I that's agree fair. with you. That's fair. I agree with you that there is something emotionally missing there. But if that's gonna keep you calm, not with
6: all of them. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think people using their dogs as substitutes for human love isn't about. This is the only thing that keeps me from being a serial killer. Right. That's, that's a different thing. <laughs> it's thing, one about, thing. That, that's just straight up right. like no. Like I went on a bad date. Nobody loves me. Or no, I have no friends. And support, then that. That dog becomes a substitute for having a it's child a
3: and for having a romantic yeah. partner and that's that's not a good Some look. people's relationships with animals is a byproduct of an unhealthy mental I state. agree.
1: I
6: agree
3: mm-hmm. But fleece that motherfucker
6: Take
4: it, <laughs> take it. <laughs> like, this,
6: that's and I'm let them
3: be um, $5 happy. Slur dogachinos all day and night. Give them thirty of them bitches. I mean, this is no different than plastic surgery. You're getting over on people mm. that also have something missing. <laughs> uh, like you can't really listen to me on this one because I think that if I'm be-
6: being totally honest here, honest to God, I think my worst trait is that I use stupid people for entertainment. And so I see absolutely nothing. If somebody's stupid enough, I want the biggest titties in the history of the world. Give them to that dumb motherfucker. Take that money. I want to feed my dog a hundred dollar plate meal. Give it to him. Take that money from that fucking idiot.
1: I see both sides. Laugh all the
6: way to the bank on stupid
3: people. Pets can give you an escapism from, you know, a lot of the horrors of the world with unconditional love and licks to the face even after they just licked their balls. Oh. But <laughs> hey, mm. I'm that not- That that face. I don't know if I can, more power to him. Five star Michelin chef and the dog would have been completely content <laughs> to eat Out Popeyes. the fucking trash can. <laughs> yeah. Boom. I'm trying too hard in life. I need to just start doing shit like this. Right? Like, Right? Bro, that's
6: no great example than the nigga in the '70s who became a millionaire selling pet rocks. You can sell dummies, anything.
4: <laughs> this is a fair point.
6: Anything can be sold. We buy water in America, Our whole okay? country. You can sell, motherfuckers stupid shit for real money. (laughs) 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 This is a very
4: valid point. Very valid point.
6: Because Pet Rocks has to be the most outrageous thing that has ever been sold to people.
4: Rocks is free as shit. And they was selling out of them shits. See you know what I'm saying? Like that's
6: that horrible. You go outside to get an unlimited collection of pet rocks, and a nigga was putting them shits in stores in a box, and motherfuckers made him rich.
3: Period. I understand this story, but I don't like it.
1: <laughs> it just, makes you sad.
3: I don't. So, so For the people I ain't,
6: So like he can't get us. He can't get a CMO. He we rich off people buying dog meals. Don't no get your CMO.
3: His mama named him Rodder. We call him Rod for Wait, short. Wait, Roy.
1: I need to ask him something really quickly. Just a quick sidebar. Mm. If he would save me just a smidgen of time on his relationship fair, so I can talk about engagements. Aside from
6: oh, absolutely, spirit, okay, absolutely, thank you. all the time you thank want. You. <laughs> no, 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 just a smidgen.
3: Do you know what's going on in JG's DMs since the last relationship fair, Rod?
6: Yeah, apparently people are asking her for advice. Tell tell the people what's going on, Jacqueline.
3: Oh, it's just oh, no, no. We gonna go, I'll hold it. <laughs> we go next relationship fair. Yeah. we'll dive into your DMs. Okay. Matter of fact, screenshot the best ones, and but we gonna then have I Rod like help these giving- women. Giving no, you can not cover the name. Uh, no, <laughs> no, names, no, huh? <laughs> no, we're not going to tell people who they are, but okay. screenshot them so the theme, so we can see them. We need to see okay, these people okay. so we can not help them.
1: Not help yeah. them? These women are in-
6: yeah. We need to be able to click their profiles because for some of them, you know, it's like you're a hard three. Ain't nobody proposing lady. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> like, no.
1: You didn't get into
4: Sockleson. You are not coming to Sockleson looking like that. You weren't no. like, getting
3: married. They're mm. sad. Now let me ask you, me ask you a different question, Jacqueline. What? Let me ask you a different question. What they looking like? Is a couple of eights in there? <laughs> I don't know.
6: Does any of do you
3: look equal or better than Rachel Dolazo? All of that. I'm happening. putting it on the grid right now, J.G. The next relationship <laughs> it's like the care. grid changing in front of me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Matter of fact, let's put the kite in the air right now. If you're a woman and you've already DMed J.G., DM her more details about the relationship so that we can really unpack <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is going on. And we're going to pass that over to Rod. Yeah, or you can DM me directly. Shit. Whatever. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm, mm. Here to, I'm here to let's help. Let's not do that. We'll go
6: on the show.
4: No, you Let's not, we'll not do that. Right, go ahead and send it to the, to the job fair email box. What's the job fair, the job fair I email box? You can send it there too. You know what I'm saying?
3: Rod, right. <laughs> thank you as always. We got to get back to Chef Rock. We appreciate you, Rod. All
4: right, bless oh my up. Gosh. Bless up.
3: Keep it sunny.
1: Thank you, Rod. Why am I trying to be
3: helpful? Why? Scam of the week time was we welcome Chef Rock back on, and let's get into the actual metrics of is it a fool's errand to even mm. open a restaurant? Them things be closing, don't they, JG?
1: They do pre-COVID, around sixty percent of new restaurants failed within the first year, and the reason why was basically location, and then also the food going downhill. No one's back there still putting their foot in it.
3: hmm Exactly. That's why we're thankful that the McRib is still around and that that recipe has been solid.
1: <laughs> I've never had a McRib, Roy.
3: Long live the Happy Feet sandwich.
1: No. (laughs) I'm also curious about the fact that most restaurants fail within a year to two years. What have you learned to keep the doors open?
5: Um, You know, I think those stats are interesting. And that's sort of the thing that people say. Here's the thing. Just because you can cook doesn't mean it's going to be good business. It can be. But they're almost Mm -hmm. things. If we think about it, I don't know what cities y'all are in, but you travel around this country, some of the most popular restaurants are pretty mediocre in service and in food. But that's because you have an owner or investors that really really no business or have relationships where they can sustain that business. So what what I've learned to answer your question pointedly is that you got to have money and you got to have the right people on your team or capital okay. and you got to be able to understand cash flow. Like just because I'm the best there's nobody on this in this country that can fry chicken like me. I can't except for uh
1: don't say that cuz I'm going to have to test it. Yes. Don't say that because I'm going to have to test
4: it. I'm coming I'm coming man. home next week and I'm coming My straight mess. to your spot. Just I love that. that down. Word up. Let me let me qualify that. there's only one in in the
5: restaurant business. I'm not talking about nobody. grandma, auntie on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. That, let me correct that.
4: Okay. Nice disclaimer. Nice Thank disclaimer, you.
5: Sir. Except for uh Dookie Chase, uh Queen Mother, may she rest in peace. Uh Leah Chase, she passed recently. The best fried chicken I've ever had in my mm. life. Other than her, I-, I got it. But here's the point. That don't matter if I don't know how to negotiate a lease or if I know how to Come pay on. people or keep my car. -hmm. So many people go into it, and this is not just black people. Many cultures go into it because they can cook well and serve well. But we don't know business as much, and we realize like we gotta
1: get paid. Yes. As I travel, I go around to the restaurants that have the James Beard Award-winning chefs and those who do all the baking and whatnot. Do you have a favorite chef aside from yourself, of course? Do I
5: have a favorite chef in in the country? Like around? Wow, that's a Big question. Um
1: uh-huh. hmm. I'm writing it
5: down
3: too because I'm going. So,
5: oh my gosh, that is such a big question. I know. Going to get me in trouble.
3: We ain't asking the name of Mount Rushmore, says. but just yeah. a couple of folks that bubble up to the top.
5: Yeah. I'll stick. Okay, so there's a there's a there's a, <laughs> a, a chef in DC. His name is Angel Barreto. And he is a um, he's his restaurant is Anju. He's executive chef. He's been nominated for all the awards. A super talented brother Andrew's and uh, he can cook his ass off. Great dude. Um, I'm really loving his food. Um, like I said, I mentioned Dookie Chase down in New Orleans. One of my favorite restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man this is pressure my mouth just got dry i'm yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to come back to you on that I'm sorry yes
1: okay okay no it's fine I'm you just curious. To see, though, you gotta check out Anju. It's on the list I'm on it
3: yeah Andrew's good eating, bruh Yeah. Country's good eating. Acting and stand-up have ruined television for me for the most part. I can watch it, but I watch it from an analytical brain. It's very few things that I can actually key in on Mm -hmm. and just enjoy as a consumer. When you are out to eat, has doing what you do at the level that you've done it, because, you know, for a while, you know, you're the head chef out there in Vegas at the Green Valley Ranch Resort and Spa. Mm -hmm. Then you come home to Arlington, you start Queen Mother, you start doing what you do, and you do it with the level of specificity and perfection because I always feel like chefs, like that separating line between a chef and a cook is like the chef wants this to change your life. When you bite into this, I want everything that you was thinking about to fucking leave your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Are you able to eat out at all? Like, can, can you go to Applebee's? <laughs> <Google>. <laughs> well, you go what you happy yes disrespectful <laughs> let no, let's yeah, let's I'm let's right. level up let's I'm level really? up cheesecake factory okay oh, like, yeah that you... is a level up that's a step up um, it's barely but it's a step up <laughs> are you are you ruined is your palate ruined like nah what's the, what's the downside to being a chef like this like because it, cause it mm. seems like you have a very eclectic mm. elevated palate I just don't know if a motherfucker like you can still appreciate a cheddar bay biscuit listen I could, I, I, all day all day bro but here's the thing it's like that's funny I, I think
5: I don't know what the parallel is on the comedy side but I think that It's like Dennis Green said, we know, I knew who you, we knew who they were, right? They were who we thought they were. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to get a Cheddar Bay Biscuit, Red Lobster, or if I'm going to Cheesecake, I expect the Spring rolls to be the Spring rolls. I know what it's supposed to be. So you ain't going to feed me no bullshit and say, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I went to Cheesecake Factory, fun fact, not too long ago, the food conference, and my man, the shrimp was supposed to be, these. I forget the shrimp. The the dragon fire shrimp or whatever, and he served me like oh. chop, they were chopped up. It looked like um, what do you call it the the Benny style, like, but it wasn't. It was yeah. um, They diced the shrimp. It looked nice and it, mm. $28, Why would you do Twenty eight dollars and this was right in the middle of the pandemic. And the bartender was like, "Well, sir, that's how they're supposed to be." I said, "Listen, stop." Like. Mm-hmm. Mm,
4: don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, son. Don't do no, that. Just
5: give me the regular old bank. That bang bang. Mm-hmm. Give me the bang bang, bro. Stop. Stop. But yeah. Um. So so I, I'm good. I can go to the hole in the wall pasta joint, uh, Long Island. I can go to you
4: know the Michelin stars, and
5: I'm good anywhere. I just want it to be what I what I expect it to be.
4: All right. I was literally going to ask you since I know you're in the Alexandria area. Do you still eat at restaurants? that have plexiglass at nah. the serving door. Like, cause, cause at, <laughs> right. Cause at home, cause at home, there are certain people who will judge your mambo sauce depending on whether or not do you actually have plexiglass, Plex, you gotta order behind nah, the plexiglass nah, nah. Or not. We, oh,
5: Those days are over for me and I'm gonna tell you why. You talking about like bulletproof, so I, I tell my Word friends in, in city all the time, we gotta stop support If you if you gotta have this up and ain't nobody getting shot in restaurants, y'all gotta stop supporting these places that view you as as a, as a yeah. dude on the other side of the counter with a. I don't care how late it is, how drunk we are, I ain't doing it. So, those those places are vultures mm. on the neighborhood. I, don't that,
4: no I support that, sir. I support that. Yeah. That's what's up.
3: After the break, we're going to break down what restaurant workers can do to create better situations for themselves and what employers can do to stop the turnover in the restaurant industry. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Brought to you by McRib. Not for real, but if McRib want to have it, then we'll take your money. Job fair. We are rounding third and headed for home. Now, let's end here, Chef Rock, your podcast, the Chef Rock Experiment Podcast. Now, you get into talking about the restaurant industry, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like we're on the same level. I was in front of the house guy. Talk to us a little bit about the podcast and what made you we know you have the knowledge, but what made you decide, nah, people, other people have to know what's going on within this industry?
5: Yeah, so the Chef Rock experiment was was born several years ago when, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to get into entertainment a long time ago when I was in middle school. And mm-hmm. I've been trying to, you know, figure out how to work my way back into it. Like Hell's Kitchen was my jump in the TV. And then um, the restaurant business is very unforgiving. And uh, I, I wanted to something that can live forever, that that serves value to to people, but also um, it's fun to do. So I said, you know, five, six years ago, let me get into podcasting. um, And, you know, I own that. Okay. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. you know, adding value, you know, what can I say on this microphone? Who can I interview that helps folks in our industry? Because, you know, we don't have a bunch of programming that isn't, It's very foo foo. It's very, you know, it's just not super specific. Like people tell you, you know, how to hire a, a CPA or a lawyer to negotiate a lease or, or, you know, what mm-hmm. to do when you get a sign on the power washing duty and the blooming
3: Onion gravy is all over the place. I think in the restaurant industry, there's definitely been a power shift between the employee to the employees versus the owners. But I still think that the employees are not solving their problems by bouncing from spot to spot. To do the exact same thing, because I believe there's a lot of symmetry within the restaurant industry in terms of the problems that most front of the house and back of the house face. Mm-hmm.
5: I think I think you're, you you got your finger on the pulse, Roy. It's um, there's a big opportunity over the past really several years, but really you know since the pandemic, for employers and employees to 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 really create this kind of, you know, healthier, more robust, uh, fulfilling workplace, right? As opposed to, we could fire back in the day, right? You could fight because there was a line of people and you could just fire. Now you can't do it. You, You can't do it because there's not a lot of people waiting to get the job. So you almost forced mm-hmm. into how can I make this place? Like, what do you want? And instead of quitting, like, say what you want, say what doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. and Let's mm-hmm. figure out little place. Mm-hmm. Even if you're only going to work here for six months, like let's be in relationship. So we can say, I can offer this to you. Here's how much you can make. Here's what we're going to do. Here's, you know, and then at the end of the six months, we say bye. Chefs in the restaurant community always want, we had this dumbass belief, like, we're in it to be great to get the Michelin star. It's like, nah, your ass gonna get the Michelin mm-hmm. star. and You gonna make the couple million and you gonna go on the TV. I'm gonna still be a line cook. So let's, you know, the youth mm-hmm. are like, nah, we don't believe that bullshit no more. So and let's stop telling the lie. And then also let's create this workplace where we can both benefit, get what we want, and bounce. Mm-hmm.
4: Yo, it's so interesting you say that, man. I'm uh and we've already kind of made it clear. We're, I'm from the Virginia area, and I was I was home not too long ago, and like you talking restaurant my mom and dad my mom ordered from bob evans and we went to bob evans with no shot you know shout out bob evans in springfield i love y'all but the thing is i was at the door people were coming into the restaurant and then they were leaving and i just watched it kept happening and so when i went in i asked the manager what was going on there was one manager there was one cook and there was one server So when I asked the manager what was going on, she said, nobody wants to work. And and on the heels of that question that you just brilliantly answered, I'm going to ask you to further it. What are you doing to retain people? To, to work yeah. in this environment? Because there are a lot of restaurants and people who, who do good stuff. But you know the, the market literally changed in front of all of our faces thanks to the quarantine. So what kind of things are you doing to encourage people to, to stay?
5: So it's a great question. So nobody wants to work. We gotta, the people in these positions of hiring power gotta stop saying stuff like that without asking a question. Why does nobody want to work, right? We're just saying that. So mm-hmm. there's something, something, a shift happened globally. So in the restaurant business, you know, like, or dot, yeah. dot, dot, stretch that out. Nobody wants to work in a shitty job for under, for no, Correct. no money, long hours, no health care, And, you know, so hmm. like stretch that out. That's why. So how can we, we can't pay, you know, some of the, we can't offer some of the benefits um, just yet, but how can we, so the question is how can we make them want to work? What do you want? Like, this is a question that we, I think people have to ask internally and we have to ask the cooks, what is, it, what is it that you want out of a job, right? What type of flexibility? How can we change some of these positions? How can we have a conversation with the customers, right? The true value of food. Bob Evans has not raised their prices tremendously. So that cook that's making $10, $12, maybe 15 an hour with no benefits, That that's because the, the the, the triple pay plate still has to be eight or ten dollars to get the senior citizens in. How are? How is that plate mm. not risen over the past thirty years? That's or twenty years. That's insane. Mm. So, what the question is, what what um what responsibility does the public? How do they value the food and our labor? Right. So that plate should be twenty four mm. maybe. Um. So anyway, so I think we have mm. to ask better questions and stop saying no a lot of people just don't want to work I mean that's but they don't want to work in those type of jobs people do want to be happy and fulfilled in their occupation so we have to ask the question mm-hmm. is why can't they get that
3: here it's almost like Ralph you walking at Bob Evans what the manager should have said like why is everybody leaving there's one cook one server and one manager because we can't pay these motherfuckers the money that they deserve and we can't charge y'all more because mm. then you motherfuckers won't come here so take your gu Go right. to McDonald's and get you something off the dollar menu. 100%.
1: I'm heavy-handed in the kitchen when it comes to spices. And a secret my mother gave me was to balance that out with either sugar or honey. Do you have any secrets like that that you can share?
5: Mm, okay, mom, with the balance, all right. Um, secrets. Mm. Uh, so i'm not much of a big secret guy i think i think cooking mm-hmm. is kind of it's easy and i've been told like that's silly but well then how do you
1: deglaze chef because i hadn't been able to glaze no yet. jacqueline if you don't
5: email this man all these no. questions get the brown off the bottom get something <laughs> nice and brown and then a flavorful liquid either a wine or a stock or something
1: i got it right here chef um oh you um, ready I'm not doing a good job of this deglazing. I love it. I love it. I'm going
5: to tell you one of the biggest mistakes home cooks make. That, that sh- Please. We ha- we use high heat, right? Most people at home are so scared of the smoke detector going off that they, y'all don't use high enough heat to get the searing, to get the browning. So what happens is, I don't know about your kitchen, but so if you want to deglaze, what you have to do is not be, de- I, all of the uh, the smoke detectors in my place are disconnected because when neighbors are like, what are you doing? Doing over there It can't be a fire every night. It's smoke. Even. Okay, it's smoke. So <laughs> use higher heat, um, uh, and that, that's the tip I got.
1: I hope that helps. Thank you. I'm gonna try it.
4: Okay, <laughs> go ahead and drop that address, Chef Rock, so you know if cats might happen to be listening yes. in your area. You know, saying next two or three weeks and, and need a reminder where to show you chicken. Please,
5: QueenMotherCooks.com. QueenMotherCooks.com is the website. I'm on Instagram at Rock Harper, where you can find all the links. Uh, But come on through We're open Tuesday through Saturday Serving the best fried chicken
3: In the world I'm in Well You are Chef Rock Harper Podcast Is the Chef Rock Experiment Podcast I'm supposed to be down in D.C. I might have to come on and grab some of this because this chef talk a lot of shit. I like when a chef you ain't never heard a chef talk shit. Yeah, I got the best yeah, fried yeah, chicken yeah, in the world. Yeah, These are the chefs. Brown. Whatever you eating, that shit is slaw. They've stepped on. They've been cutting their shit with right. bullshit. Hundred percent pure fried chicken of here. Chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> shit. Chef Fry, thank you so much for coming on the job And you know what? Thank and you, and chef. anytime you want me on my on your podcast, and I'm not saying this just for the sake because we recording, but. I will be happy to come on and tell you stories as a yes. server at Golden Corral. I'll tell you about the time that the African dude Glenn went out in the parking lot and chased customers mm-hmm. across the parking lot because they stiffed him on the 12th top. No. So, I, mm, I just a little foot pursuit. It wasn't. No I'm going to hold you to that. That, is, that doesn't surprise me. No.
4: But that's correct. Was he a manager?
3: No, he was just a regular server like me. Wow. <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah, that one got you, Chef, you, yeah, you, you need to hear him. Go, He'll go to Corral Stories. I
5: right. got a ton of questions I'll say before the podcast. I'll say, I appreciate that, Roy. Thank you.
1: Chef asked him also when he's there about the time he took us all on the West Coast to a restaurant that served chicken and waffles and we could have died.
3: But I'm going to leave it right there. Listen, well, you didn't die, though, did you? Did you, did you die? Did you die?
1: Was there not a murder? Was there a murder?
3: Yes, there was, there was a rapper who was... Uh, Shot at a at a chicken and waffle. Oh, this is super uh, recent. Yeah, this, yeah. Is this is super recent. Okay, wow. Yeah, we got to talk about it. I got stories for days when I right. come to okay. the service. So right. I don't know shit about the back yes. of the house, but yes. I can't yes. talk yes. about yes. the fact that you know the one thing about restaurant work is that because it is hectic, because it is crazy, the people you work with it becomes family. And a lot of the people that uh-huh. I work with in the restaurant industry, I'm still close with to this day. Yeah, and it's it's definitely one of the most <laughs> meaningful second family jobs that I've ever had. We've held you up enough. I will be down there before years in to mm. taste this shit talking thank chicken. Thank Appreciate y'all. Thank you. That's
4: We're taking too long. I'm going to be there in a week and a half, homie. Fuck dumb shit. I'm coming. I ain't even fronting you.
5: I'm, I'm real okay. I'm coming. Love to see it. Jackson, it. Let me know if you have yeah, any I'm questions. I appreciate y'all having uh, me on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. It was an honor. All right, y'all. I appreciate you finally.
3: Y'all be good. Much love, Chef. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions, man. It's a good oh, episode, wait. man. Wait, where can we
1: see you next? In person.
3: Oh, I'm not going. If you wasn't in Atlanta for the Daily Show broadcast, you'd miss me, dog. That's it. I might pop up New York jokes in a random hut somewhere, but... Nice. I'm, I'm you need to go
1: to a hair salon.
3: What you need to do is go Ooh, fade back to the bushes. Now, <laughs> you done brought it up again. Now what did It's I the
1: tell you? end of the Stop show. Bring the, up, you, bring the music up, Ralph. Bring the music up.
3: What I told you at the beginning of the show. I bring say, the music bring up, up mm-hmm. To all the women that see JG in the hair salon, please tell her all over how much you love this show. Because she really appreciates <laughs> being interrupted in the middle of getting her hair dry. Turn the music up, Ralph.
2: Please, (laughs) this is my control.
3: (laughs) This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
0: Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
1: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we can go surfing.
2: (laughs) Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait!
5: Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.